the love of God. Amen. Measureless, unfathomable, if that's a word. I'm not sure it is. But I don't understand it all. It flows over you and changes you and makes you a new creature. As Brother Rob was talking, it's beyond anything physical that we've ever experienced. That's what changes your life. That's what makes you a new creature. It is your spirit inside of you that helps you love your enemies, that helps you um, love people who, who treat you badly. You, you, you love the worst sinner in the world. Amen. You can't do that without the love of God. You just can't do it. We've heard some wonderful scriptures read. Amen. And what I want to read to you is a little bit long, so I'm just going to read right straight through it. And then, then I'll talk about it just a little bit. Um, everybody seems to be reading in the Old Testament, and I love the Old Testament. Uh, I read in it a lot. Um, it's some of my favorite scripture. And this is in the 15th chapter of 1 Samuel. And it's about Samuel and Saul. It says, Saul also said unto, uh, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. But slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together, and he numbered them in Telamon, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Go, depart, get you down from among the Amalites, lest I destroy you with them. For he, ye showed kindness of all the children of Israel, when ye came up out of Egypt, so the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag the king of the Amalekites alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good. And would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was eat was vile and refuse, that they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and has gone about, and passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them... From the Amalekites, for the people spared the best for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own eyes, was not Wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord, Lord anointed thee king over Israel? 
And the Lord set thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. And I have gone that way which the Lord sent me. And I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people, now he's trying to blame it on them. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed. He knew, he knew, he knew at that point. He says it. They should have been utterly destroyed. That's what the commandment was. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, and the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle and rent it. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day. And hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. And also the strength of Israel, that's God, that's the strength of Israel, will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. And when I read this story, I've been thinking about this for a number of months. When I begin to read this story, I realize there is a proper sacrifice. They were supposed to take everything and slay it. That was the sacrifice. Saul took that which was the sacrifice to the Lord and pulled it aside because it was good and it was nice and it was what he wanted and, and, and allowed the people to use that for a sacrifice. Over in the last part of Samuel, David, um, I'll just sake of time tell you about it. David goes to build an altar According to the word, there was a plague in the land and the angel came and it was by a threshing floor and he went to build an altar by that threshing floor and the man said, nay, here's oxen, here's the threshing floor, tear it off, build an altar, use it, it's yours. And he said, no, I will not offer a sacrifice unto the Lord unless it cost me something. There is a cost to salvation. It is your will. Not just, we say a lot of times it costs you your life and it costs you your all, and it does. But what is that to us today? We no longer offer bullock and oxen and that stuff. That's the physical. That's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have a wonderful, wonderful example. Abraham was required during his lifetime once 
to offer a sacrifice that meant more to him than his life. As Brother Rob was up here talking, he would give his life for his children. Isaac was offered. Abraham was told to rise up, take thy son, thy only son, and offer him on that altar. And he didn't question it. I don't think he even told Sarah. She would have probably had a fit. I would have. But she, she probably didn't know. He got up. He didn't tell his son. He just gathered up the fire and he went to the top of that mountain where God told him to go. And he bound up his son and lifted him up and put him on that altar. And he set fire there ready to go. And he raised up that knife. And I believe that if the Lord, an angel of the Lord, had not stopped his hand, he would have taken the life of his son. Why? Because he knew God could raise him from the dead. Because he knew that. There is a proper sacrifice. And if we bring anything vile, if we bring anything less than our very best, it will not be accepted. Um, The most um, beautiful sacrifice I think there is, is is Christ um, going over into the Garden of Gethsemane. And is teaching us about another type of sacrifice. I won't read it this morning. But you all know the story. He knelt and he began to pray. Lord, not my will but thine. Let this cup that you have given me pass from me. Now I don't believe this battle that took place there was about death. He was born to die. Death was not an issue. He knew that was coming. It was the suffering that he wanted changed. He didn't mind dying. He didn't mind um, giving his life. He knew he would go back to heaven. He had already been there before. He knew all about it. This was just a phase that he was going through. But there was anguish in that garden. His will versus the Father's will. His life on the line And a type of death that was worse than any death any man has ever died. There was no man marred, the scripture says, Isaiah says, like that man. There was no one hurt and harmed, the pain, the anguish, the agony, the insult, the um, slander. All of this he had to go through and never opened his mouth. That he knew was fixing to happen. That was what... Was it all about? When we go to an altar of prayer, what we offer today is ourselves. It is our will against God's will. Will we yield to Him? Will we offer to Him our life, our plans, our wishes, our hopes, our dreams? Where we want to go to work, where we want to live, where we want to, um, where we what we say, what we do, how everything about our life. I've heard it said, I can't do such and such after all, I have a life. No, you don't. If you serve God, you do not have a life. Your life is not yours. It is hid with Christ. Where we go and what we do better be according to the will of God. How we speak, the decisions we make had better be consulted with God because we cannot make it on our own. We cannot choose out our changes for ourselves. We cannot um, direct our own paths. It's not in man to direct his own paths. He knelt and he prayed three times that it would be different. And the end result was 
I will sacrifice my will for your will. I will give my life. I will suffer the hurt physically, the pain of being beat nearly to death. I will suffer the insult. I will suffer everything that you say I have to because you asked me to. Because I love you enough to do it. God the Son loved God the Father enough to submit His will to the Father. How much more is it of us to submit our will to the Father? You will not get sanctified. You will not live sanctified unless you submit your will to the Father. You will do it when you kneel at an altar of prayer. You will do it when you get up the next morning. You will do it continuously through your life. God will show you in your life the things that need to be changed, the things that you need to learn, and the things that you need to sacrifice to Him. I pray everybody will look and examine their lives and see what of our lives are we holding back. What are our lives like Saul was that we go and pick the good of the land and pull it off the altar and say, that's mine. i got something else I'd rather do with that. This is a part of my life that... that well, I go to church and I, and I do what I'm supposed to do, but this is important to me. This is important to me. So I want to do it my way. God will not accept Amen. that type of sacrifice. Amen. Hallelujah. One scripture and I'll be done. I, I, I can't. I just don't take long. Um, the verse in chapter 12 of Romans says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Yes. By the mercies of God that ye present your bodies. Not a dead sacrifice like all the the sacrifices that were offered before. Not even a dead like Christ was dead. He actually died a death. We do not die a physical death when we get sanctified, but we will die a spiritual one. And we will die that spiritual death over and over and over as many times as it takes to make it from here to home in heaven. Because we don't want to miss it. It is a glorious place to live with God reigning on the inside. When I do what I want to do and, 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 and choose out my own changes, my self-will sets on the heart and throne of my life. I then have no respect unto God when I do that. Because God says, I will sit on the throne of your life. I will be your king. I will be your savior. I will be your leader. He was the leader of the the children of Israel. They demanded a king, and the king ruled over them, but he was their leader. He always was, and he is ours today. But who is going to sit on the throne of your heart this morning, Satan or God? So many people think that they sit on the throne of their heart, that they direct their lives, that they make their decisions. They, you know, you can you can be oh so very smart and have a very great education, and that's good. I don't I don't default that. You can be very good in business, and that's a wonderful thing too. But if you think that you can direct your life, you are mistaken. Satan reigns in your heart. What did Paul say? He said, "When I would do good, evil was present. He had a desire to want to do good, and I believe everybody wants to do good." But if you are not serving God, Satan reigns in your heart. And he sits on your throne. And he says, let me entice you with this over here. I can convince you that this is good. And it ain't hard for him to do. 
Satan can convince people real easy that this and this and this is where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. It's a logical, natural thing. But the natural carnal mind will get us in trouble. We have to have the mind of God, the mind of, of, of Christ, and put in us. He says that ye present your bodies a living yeah. sacrifice. Amen. Sacrifice costs you something. You cannot offer... It's not a real sacrifice if you've got money to offer money. And it's not a real sacrifice to offer time if you've got plenty of time. What is a sacrifice is when you don't have those things and you still do it. It costs you something. It must cost you something. It costs me my plans. It costs me my wishes. It costs me my life, my will. And I gladly give it up. Why? Turn over into the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy. He said, if you will but obey me, when you rise up, you will be blessed. And when you sit down, you will be blessed. And when you lie in your bed, you will be blessed. And everything that you touch your hand to, you will be blessed. And where you go will be blessed. And all your life will be blessed. And everything about you will be blessed because you have sacrificed your will to me. I will give you back your life and I will give you a hundredfold more in this life and you will be blessed above all people. When you get the Lord on the inside and you are willing to make a complete honorable sacrifice unto Him, you can have it all. The world teaches you can have it all. Well, you can't out there. That's a lie. Out there, they teach you can have it all and you try to consume more and you consume more and consume more and the more you consume, the more empty you become because it eats away on the inside and the hole gets bigger. The more you put in it, burns a hole inside of you and the hole that you're trying to fill gets bigger and bigger and you get deeper and deeper and more lonely and further out and you can be in the host of all people that love you and be the most miserable, lonesome person in the world. Because the love of God is the only thing that fills that hole up, that heals it up, and makes you feel like a real person. That's what it's all about. That's a living sacrifice. When you give your life to the Lord, you become a living sacrifice. You can go out into the world and be a a, a witness to Him. You can walk into your local church and be an encouragement to your brothers and sisters. You can go on to your job and people say, there's just something about that person that's different. That's different. It is the love of God. We have also seen people who have sought the Lord and never quite find happiness. Never quite make it to the point where you feel like, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. What's wrong with this person that they don't seem to have the joy of the Lord in their lives? I can't pinpoint a specific thing. I don't know your life, but you do. But I can tell you that the Word of God says that when you make the ultimate righteous sacrifice of your will to Him, you will have joy. And you will have peace. And you will have a contentment that this world cannot give. And you will have life. People say, I got a life. You have no life at all unless Christ is inside giving you life. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice Holy. Holy. 
That means when you want to go this way and God says, no, go this way, you better go with God. It may be something that is so trivial in this life that it means nothing. It's not a sin. It's not this. It's not that. It may mean nothing. But the will to do your own will means everything. Everything. The will to say whatever I have to lay down, I will lay down because I desire to walk the walk with God wherever He takes me, wherever He goes, wherever I'm supposed to be. He has a plan for your life. A very beautiful, righteous plan for your life. And you are denying yourself the wonder of having the Spirit of God in your life. And it truly is a wonder. I get amazed at the... um, the way He works in my life, what He does for me, how He works things out, the spirit that He gives me, the courage that He gives me. I love my brothers and sisters. Before we came here, my brothers and sisters that know me very well know this is, makes me very nervous. And I went back there and they were telling me that they were praying for me. But more importantly, they did pray for me right then, right there in the midst of a whole bunch of people. And I don't know what anybody else thought about it, but it was a blessing to my soul to know that they loved me enough to feel my pain, to feel my nervousness, to feel compassion for me. And I want to love them enough to feel their pain and your pain and have compassion on you because that is the love of God. That is the righteous sacrifice that He requires of us to love each other, not as myself, but in front of myself. Love them more than you love yourself. Love God more than you love yourself. It is a careful walk that we must walk. Holy, acceptable to God. Anything less is not acceptable. Any other sacrifice will not be acceptable. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable it's not, un, it's not uncommon. It is our reasonable service. Amen. I don't want you to think it is a hard way, for it is not. It's it is not. the easiest thing in the world to serve God. When He places His love inside of you, you have begun a walk of love that you have never experienced before. You have started a bridge to God And a journey that you have no idea where it's going to end. And yet every step is brighter and brighter and brighter. And the closer I draw to Him, the closer He comes to me. He said, let me see if I can find it. Um, He talked. Moses was such a wonderful man. We've been studying that in our Sunday school class and I can't hardly ever get away from it. And my Sunday school class will just have to forgive me for going back and continuing to read um, so much of it. It says, Now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in His ways and to love Him And to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. To keep the commandments of the Lord 
and his statue, which I command thee this day, for thy good. He went on to offer them um, and set before them good and evil, life and death. And he behooved them to choose life. Choose life that that you might live. Let go of the seat. Make a commitment to God. Give it a try. It's not like you're in prison up here. Any of us can leave and go back into the world any time we want to. Any time we want to. But I can guarantee you that if you will but taste and see that the Lord is good, you will never, ever want to leave it alone. It is the richest thing this world has to offer. The things that money can buy in this world are good, and we have to have a certain amount of them to live, but they are ashes they will, they will perish with the using. Hallelujah. They will be left on this side of the world. You will not take one dime with you. You will not take anything Amen. with you from this world. They will bury your body out here and you and your clothes will rot. But the soul lives on Amen. somewhere. Hallelujah. And we need to be making preparations for our eternal home. This is a temporary place, but we have a home to go to. Yes. Be strong and out of a good courage. This is, this is our heritage. When we offer the proper sacrifice and we get where we need to be, God blesses us with the Spirit and opens up the windows of heaven and pours you out a blessing that you cannot hardly receive. We've experienced that already. This camp meeting. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. It takes courage to get up off that seat and come down to an altar of prayer. But it's not your courage. I heard, I hate to call names, but Bodie sat out there, and I really don't know him. I know Bob, but he sat out there on the bench right behind me, and they were talking to him. And, and Martha was there with him, and he says, I can't. I just can't. I just can't. Yes, you can. Yeah, right. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. Right. Think about it. You're saying, when you say, I can't, you're saying, I won't. That's right. For you can. God can give you the courage. If you can just stand up and make the first step, you won't know how you got here. But you'll be here, and there'll be plenty of people to pray for you when you get here. But take that first step. And don't say, I can't. Because God has given you the strength that you can. All you have to do is say, I will. Not my will, but thy will be done. I will. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do. There's something for us to do. According to all the law which Moses thy servant commanded thee, turn not from it. Not to the right or to the left, that thou mayest prosper. Everybody in the world wants to prosper. This is how you prosper. Whithersoever thou goest, this book of the law shall not depart out of thine mouth, but thou shalt meditate. That's how you get to be a proper sacrifice. When you kneel in their closet and you close the door and you pour out your heart and you bow your head and you bow your soul and you offer up your will and you say, I will do whatever you ask me to do and I will go wherever you ask me to go and I will preach whenever you ask me to preach and I will live the life that you ask me to live. Then you have meditated therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have 
good success. If you miss your home in heaven, you are a failure. You have not accomplished anything. This life is going to end, and you are going to face your maker. We are the creation, and he is the creator. And you will not get by. You cannot get by. We will be judged of the things that we do and the places we go and the words that we speak and what is in our hearts and in our lives and what our will, who sits on the throne of your heart this morning. If it's not the Lord God and His Him who reigns, don't think it's you. You don't have any power over your life. You just think you do. This is a lie that Satan has told you. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Don't fear the power of God. It is a good thing. There are lots of powers in this world. And there's people who exhort power over everybody. I'm always amazed when I talk to young people and they say, Oh, I get 18 and I can get out from under my parents' rule and I can have my own life. I said, Honey, it's just beginning. There will be people all your life who have the rule over you. When you go to work, because you have to, to make a living, those people will have rule over you. Satan always has a rule over you. No matter where you go, you can't run away. They say you can't hide from God, but you can't hide from Satan either. You can't get too far away from him. You can't get too far away from yourself that they, God and Satan, those two spirits, will follow you to your grave. Even when you get sanctified, Satan doesn't leave you alone. You still will fight him off. You will still make that, that righteous sacrifice to keep his spirit in your heart. Have I not commanded thee? I'm, I'm done. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Whether soever thou goest, you can't go anywhere that God can't take you and keep you and be what you want to be. Everything about life that they say is good is because of God. All things, all good things come from Him. And everything that we have in our life that's good comes from God. And we need to recognize where we are in this chain. We, we, We are not God, no matter what we think. And we do not direct our lives and we do not have any control over our lives God knows the future he has made a plan for you if there's anyone in this building in this campground that doesn't know God this morning is your morning it is your time it is time for you to get up off your seat cast out Satan in your life and say I will make a start I will make a run and I will go I will go I remember thinking when I got I got my sins forgiven at home by myself And I remember sitting there before I knelt by the sofa thinking, you don't know a clue. You don't have clues to what you're doing. And that was Satan telling me that. And he's right. (laughs) I mean, he will tell you the truth sometimes. I had not a clue as to what I was doing. I just knew I had to have relief. I was miserable. I couldn't live like this anymore. I was just, I couldn't even think I was so miserable. And I knelt and I said, God... I have never prayed before, but you have got to help me. And he was there. He was there. And he gave me a blessing that I could not deny. I really thought I could fly off of the rooftop that night. And I believe if I had been outside, I would have tried it because I felt that good. Hallelujah! You can't find that out in the world. It ain't there. I never felt that out there. But in here, it gets renewed. Day by day, 
It's one moment after the next. When the Spirit of God comes down as it did last night, I told somebody, I'm just glad they made the benches wide enough for me to shout in. Because I, I, I didn't make it up here, but they were wide enough I could shout and have a good time right back there. And I appreciate the Spirit of the Lord. I appreciate being humble in my own eyes. I am nothing and less than nothing. And yet God can use me. And more importantly, He can use you. And everybody has a spot and a place that God has prepared for them. Y'all pray for me.